And welcome to yet another episode of The Dice Are Screaming. Accidental or intentional, you're with us for the next half hour, 45 minutes, or an hour until we're done with you. (laughs) So enjoy your time. Until we pick the bones clean. And moved on. To thrown something. up on it like jackals. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Ah, the jackal vomit. Of Way to crank podcast. it to 11 there, Nigel. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm Randy. I'm Mike. Yeah, and tonight it's Reform Friday. Yes, it is. It is Friday the 13th. Oh, boy. Look out oh. for them black cats. Oh, yeah. That black cats. No walking under ladders. Yeah. Oh. Look out for a guy in a hockey mask. Uh. <laughs> a guy coughing in the background, dying slowly. So, yeah, uh, we're here, and uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy a little time with us as we talk about some topics tonight. So, uh, yeah, still working on those commercials. It's uh, kind of a process. We're pretty busy here at the Dice of Screaming, and, uh, you know, poor old Mike's been working his hind end off. So It's true. We- I have no hind end. Even now, I've got like a large ring cushion, uh, you know, to, yeah. to sit on right now. You know, I'm going to have to get used to airplane seats. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we have some call-ins from our last episode about uh, the much ballyhooed topic of house rules still lingering large in some people's minds. Yes, and indeed. Of uh, course. It is classic gaming. I mean, you know, what table has no house rules? Yeah, and also spontane- spontaneous gaming. Not like spontaneous human combustion, which... <laughs> <laughs> totally has different. Sure, have mercy. We, we, we don't want that to happen to anybody. No, no. Spontaneous human combustion is not in our wheelhouse. But, uh, we hope. Yeah, we've got some calling, so we're going to get right to them. First is Jason from RPG Nerd Bridecast giving us his take on spontaneous gaming. Hey guys, Jason here, Nerds RPG Bridecast. Just want to mention on your pickup game episode, great episode, you know, you mentioned Centaur in the Bar. Um, so, I don't know if you ever read Maze of Perils or the Dr. Holmes's book. Um, I think it's Maze of Perils. Um, but anyway, in that book, he has a centaur and they end up in a court case in town because a centaur actually stepped through the floor of a bar and the bar owner sued the centaur, and then the judge decided that the 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 um, floor was shoddy, so he found against the bar owner. But anyway, uh, that's actually a really good book, and, and that's going to feed into something else I'm going to mention in the next call, because I'm going too long. But the feel of that book, which makes me think the feel of Dr. Holmes's games, was more what I think of Tunnels and Trolls than what I think of D&D. Which isn't really fair when you look at the early D&D modules. They're pretty diverse, you know, mixed sci-fi and fantasy. But later on, we think of, you know, um, Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, um, you know, all, like I, maybe that all that started like second edition or whatever. But And later on, Greyhawk, or not Greyhawk, but the other ones, like when you get in the books and all. But the, it felt more like a Tunnels and Trolls game. And Tunnels and Trolls, where you talk about pickup games, the monsters... Tunnels and Trolls had a variant, still has a variant, I guess, called Monsters Monsters, where you're playing the monsters and you're like raiding human villages or doing things like that. So that and and that's designed kind of as a joke game, as a pickup game. Tunnels and Trolls has extensive rules to play all the different races, even in the base book. So yeah, Tunnels and Trolls is a good system for that for a pickup game, especially if you want to play a variety of different, you know, everything from leprechauns 
which are base class and TNT to whatever, right? So anyhow, I want to just say you had some great ideas there. Enjoy mixing in the board games. I like board games a lot. So, And sometimes a board game or like card game, there are a lot of card games out there now, deck building games, where you can sit down for a couple hours and with a deck building game, you, you like add... As you go through the game, you're adding better cards to your deck and getting rid of weaker cards. And so they're, I guess magic, I don't know, I never got into magic. But anyhow, but there are a lot of good games out there now. So if your group doesn't play RPG, maybe they're going to play that. But you talk about always having dice on you, and that's become a thing, like on the Audio Dungeon Discord. And I think it started with Swords and Backpacks. That might be the name of the game. But in that rule set, it talks about always keep a pair of dice in your pocket. Um, and a lot of peop- people... Well, a lot. Uh, uh, some people started doing that, just carrying a pair of dice in their pocket. Of course, if you have the PDF on your phone, you can have a dice roll on your phone. So play the whole game on your phone. Just a thought. All right. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, that was a lot of information. Um, yeah, spontaneous gaming. Um, that's what we were really talking about, uh, uh, the centaur in the bar. Um, yeah, nothing like lawyers and litigants. <laughs> a rousing game of lawyers and litigants. Yeah, I always uh, refer back to our infamous champions campaign where you know we got sued by the city for damages. Had, yeah, for damages, and we had to hire an attorney who used the Godzilla versus Rodan defense. <laughs> Bruce McKenzie was yeah. it not? I believe that Ray was White, Bruce. Bruce McKenzie, John Lowe, and uh, Brian McKenzie. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Ray Wright was the game master and. Uh, was trying to hit us, and so uh, John Lowe came up with uh, our defense uh, attorney who handles superhero cases, and uh, my character was excused because I was playing Om Meba, and he was just that. He was just basically an alien, uh, Omeba, and uh, he used, uh, he beats, uh, whatever it was, uh, the ro- uh, there was some robotic doctor, I forget, guy in a basically crazy Iron Man, and um, I used the uh, a, a light, uh, one of those light poles from the parking lot, pulled it up and then started beating him with it. <laughs> because, you know, I was amazingly strong. Just not fast. But I could split in two. Hey, you know, <laughs> handy. Um, but yeah, I was admitted from having to testify because my character was mute. And uh, they had to bring a tele- court-appointed telepath to uh, translate my thoughts. <laughs> so I could answer questions directly. And then my defense attorney, of course, said that was an invasion of my uh, Fifth Amendment rights. Oh, oh, because uh, yeah, telepathically telepath. uh, intruding upon you uh, <laughs> violates search and seizure. Yeah. <laughs> or, so or, that was... Or the right not to testify against yourself. Yeah, yeah. Incriminate yeah. yourself. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. You... So, yeah, so that, that that's a good one. But, uh, yeah, all kinds of good stuff. But, yeah, spontaneous <laughs> gaming, tunnels and trolls is probably one of the, the cheap and easy routes out if you're oh, ready for yeah. it. Having a copy of that handy is a great way to just, bam, we got a game. Yeah, and uh, we were a little remiss if we didn't mention uh, dice roller apps because they're always on a phone. uh, Uh, We mentioned PDFs, but we did not mention that like dice rolling apps are so easy to get now. Randomizers uh, that like literally every player with a smartphone should have them. Yeah, and you can even get ones that you shake the phone and it actually rattles. Of course, I'm an old romantic, so you know I'm I'm you know stuck on dice. You know, just yeah, there's something. It's a religion. You know, it, you yeah. got them right here. I, oh. Something about them falling through the fingers. That's just yeah, something. they just roll like water. Just ah. But oh. well, yeah, uh, board games, um, you know, they're good to have uh, 
a break once in a while than the, the normal. And uh, sometimes when you have players absent, just break out a board game. Uh, deck building games, I we mentioned Five Minute Dungeon. If you haven't checked that out, you really need to. You're you're hurting yourself. Oh, right? yeah, that, that's I. <laughs> <laughs> I have I've played some games that uh, in video games that get my pulse racing, but uh, you know beating the uh, dungeon master on level five in uh, five minute dungeon is it's something that has to be experienced. I am not going to try to describe it. Just l- let's say if you're not uh, you're not alive if you don't have a little <laughs> bit of sweat in your brow trying to search through your cards. Oh. Oh, wonderful stuff. And uh, also the playing of the monsters in the Tunnel of Control variant reminded me of the popularity of that concept. Uh, that, yeah. That playing the monsters concept intruded eventually into video games with uh, Dungeon Keeper. Yeah, Dungeon, Dungeon Keeper, Keeper yeah. 2, uh, which was, you know, tragically, uh, we, we have seen no further installments in Dungeon Keeper. Yeah. Owed to the, the vagaries of uh, licensing legal and legal status and yeah. all of that. Uh but there was briefly the uh, app, uh, I believe it was a Facebook game, Dungeon Overlord, that was a knockoff of the same concept. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately, I believe there are several other games of similar ilk that have spun off since uh, to fill the void left by, by Dungeon Keeper. Yeah, and also but, Exploding Kittens. So if you, yeah, I also haven't done that one. Example. Yes. And no actual kittens were harmed. And of course, getting to the booth at Gen Con. Or any convention where they're set up is a treat unto itself. Yeah. It, Experience it at least once in your life. It's it, like a Disneyland ride. Yeah. You do not know what's going to happen next. It is wonderful. Uh, I give them total hats off to the people at Exploding Kittens. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have five minutes to get rid of these Exploding Kittens. What are you going to do? Uh, I throw them at people? Okay, good initiative, bad judgment. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, thanks, Jason, for the call-in, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And hopefully you're having a good time, so if we don't hear from you before the holidays, you have a great one. And, of course, that goes to all of our listeners out there, but uh, oh, we'll give yeah. another nod to uh, Joyous Yule tidings to one and all. All right, and coming up is Joe Richter. Joey. Joey, what's with her? Here at the queue. Because <laughs> we don't know. We're just a question. Giant question mark. Well, that'd be a bay. We ever deserved a symbol uh, in prince-like fashion, you know, to <laughs> swap out for our names. It should be just a giant question mark. Yeah. Maybe the letters you know, WTF immediately afterwards. Yeah, that's about we'd it. We'd have to fight over it some T and the F. But all right. <laughs> Take it away, Joe. What's up, fellas? It's Joe. Your episode on spontaneous gaming could not have come out at a more better time. Seriously, my past, uh, this last session for my in-person group, one of the players was sick, so we didn't have, we couldn't record or anything, but we still wanted to play. There was three of us around, and, you know, the whole time I was just thinking, I wish I had pre-generated characters. You're so right that that is super helpful. But so we were just throwing out some games. We threw out Monster Hearts. We threw out um, Call of Cthulhu. We threw out even Pathfinder because we can put together a character pretty quick. But then it dawned on me because I've been playing it a bunch online lately. Black Hack 2nd Edition. So I sent them the PDF. They made characters in maybe 10 minutes, probably less than that. Uh, And then we got after it, and it was so much fun, because that system is great for something like that. Anyway, thanks so much. Peace out. One more thing about the Black Hack. I had never 
run it before or even read the rules for running it. Um, I'd only played in four games online, but just from playing in those games, the system is so smooth, so easy, so loose uh, that you can just pick it up right away. And it's just very intuitive. So I think that's a great system for spontaneous gaming. Anyway, thanks so much, dudes. Peace out. All right. Well, hey, glad we could be of service, Joe. That uh, It's good that we're timely for a change because oh, we're hardly on time for anything. Yeah. I, well, now I want to try Black Hack, though, because I have not played that. And it sounds like an easy learn. Yeah. Nice. Like Tunnels and Trolls is probably one of those games where... You don't have to invest a great deal, and yeah, like uh, Joe said, he's, you know, he never read the rules, but he picked it up. It's fairly, it's probably a little bit more intuitive than tunnels and draws. You know, monster rating versus combat rating versus minus your armor rating equals how much hits divided among the combatants. But yeah, math aside, you know, there you oh. go. That's that's the system. Well, yeah, I mean, you cannot long game uh, and remain intimidated by math. Uh, you know, it, it it is the beast that you must face in its lair sooner or later. But yeah, like with uh, Pathfinder, I, I was negligent in mentioning that, yeah, one of the good things about Pathfinder is uh, they have the Iconics, which you can take at various levels too, which yeah. really, you know, just gets you right there. You know, just somebody picks it out and you can, you know, shave the name off or change some things here and there. But you can get to kind of, you can get to playing and that's the main part is just have fun. And uh, we're really glad that, of course, uh, Black Hack and uh, a lot of other of these games are out there so that. They can facilitate that quick need to get in there. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I've kind of been going back and forth in my Twitter feed about is uh, other games besides Dungeons & Dragons. not trying to beat up on 5th Edition because oh, that's, no. that's not what I'm trying. I'm loving 5e. I'm having a great time. And also about Pathfinder Classic versus Pathfinder 2nd Edition. You know, I've been putting there, and I try not to be the angry guy like, oh, I don't like this stuff. But, you know, this is what I like. This is how I like to play. And, you know, I'm not oh, trying to yeah. diminish your anybody else who does it differently. But there's so many people out there who put this. Uh, it's just Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, 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 great. Those are a lot of that Dungeons and Dragons 5th oh, editions. 100% approve, you know, totally on board. Uh, but it's not the end all and be all. There's a lot of stuff going on out there that's brand new. Yeah. Uh, new games are just popping out of the woodwork. They're coming out of the walls. They're coming out of the goddamn I forgot walls. to mention Tales from the Loop, too, as a oh, one off game. Yeah. You know, Song of Fire, and, of Ice and Fire, sorry. Yes, the uh, I believe that George is R. Martin. The George R. R. Martin. Yeah, by RPG Green for uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you can have a Game of Thrones episode there. Uh, Hopefully, red not a wedding, red wedding. Red wedding the crap out of all your players. Ah! <laughs> oh no! Uh, uh, so yeah. Why is that music playing? <laughs> Wait, isn't that the Lannisters? Oh, no, not again! Oh. <laughs> Lannisters, I'll get you next time. Um, yeah, but, yeah, keep it up out there, Joe, because, uh, you know, I know that uh, wasn't one of your podcasts was going down just one once a week. Maybe I was reading something wrong for Wheeler Woe. But... And I have been uh, forced into a temporary 5e hiatus uh, as the work schedule has picked up so much that uh, I can barely game. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been missing a lot of events lately. Because uh, Night Shift, boy, not a cushy ride. Yeah, unfortunately, we have That's the right. worst day of the week to game, but everybody seems to have it on uh, Mondays. Mondays, I would never thought I would be a Monday uh, gaming warrior, but here I am uh, 
you know, running a Monday game and everybody has Monday off, you know, two managers, a cop, uh, a computer engineer and a teacher and Mondays is just the day for them. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, if only I, I didn't work Mondays, I, I would probably yeah. jump on board just to fulfill my gaming needs because that's, uh, <laughs> I got ants. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the itches. Oh, and it's going uh, so, to be an itchy weekend. Well, well, we don't have the charities done. Hey, we're going to get to those. Um, we are uh, going to probably start off with uh, the shelter pets. So I'm just going to give a little shout out to that right now. And, uh, you know, this is the season where a lot of people like to adopt pets and stuff like that. So look at your shelter pet and uh, you can go to shelterpets.org and check that out. But we'll have the pull thing for it. We're just going to give them the, just the manual release oh, yeah. on this one. And, and, you know, to enthusiastically uh, chime in on that, uh, there are a lot of terrific animals out there that, you know, <laughs> uh, no pet it, I have ever encountered uh, has ever been a perfect, easy, total coast. No. Where, you know, it's always, you know, like you're, you're forming a relationship with a creature that uh, is, is going to let you down in some respects. Uh, and, you know, you learn to love them anyway. Uh, I have just never had a pet that I didn't absolutely adore. Uh, yeah, I think the easiest pet I've had was a tarantula and a... Um, goldfish. <laughs> oh, man. Except for the one time that the tarantula almost bit me with those quarter-inch long things. They look much bigger when they're on bail, when they show them to you. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, which is why I'm firmly in the camp of uh, spiders. Why did it have to be spiders? Yeah. No, uh, uh, for my part. But... We're going to um, turn it over to a noble our, cause. our message and uh, get back with some topics. So stick around. All right. Welcome back. And you're with, still with us. So, hey, thanks for sticking around. Uh, my apologies to your eardrums. So um, it's Reform Friday. What are we talking about? Well, um, first we have some kudos to give uh, to Pat Galligan. Um, Pat, you wild man, you gave us some good ideas, some input uh for spontaneous gaming, which we covered, and people seem to like that. So yeah, thanks. And, uh, and we also... mentioned this tonight because uh, it ties into tonight's topic. Because uh, Pat mentioned two terrific ideas to discuss, and this is the other one uh, that I, I think is timely and, in some respects, connected. Yeah, um, it is when games go sideways or gaming mishaps, and that's that's our uh, rant topic for tonight. What do you do? When gaming goes off the rails. I mean, it tumbles down into an orphanage, catches on fire, then goes into a sewage treatment plant, tumbles down, catching a, a rescue shelter of orphan pets on fire, and then runs into a busload of nuns before finally coming to a rest right at the steps of your house. So, <laughs> that is the train wreck that sometimes happens with gaming, and... Uh, so we're, that's what we're going to kind of throw around tonight is, uh, what do you do? Now, as a Dungeon Master, you obviously have improv, and you have um, never let your players see you sweat. <laughs> but it's probably going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, There are going to be nights where everything goes horribly awry. And you may even be caught with your kimono fluttering in the breeze. Uh, Avert thine gaze. <laughs> Avert thine gaze. Uh, yeah, the... 
it happens. It's it's not a thing to be ashamed of, you know. Uh, obviously, if like that's literally every week, okay, you know, maybe some <laughs> fine tuning is called for. Okay, time to go back to the some lab. Self reflections, lessons learned. <laughs> yeah, you know, go back to the lab, see what's on the slab. You know, yeah, you you can retool if you have to. But let's destigmatize this. There is no shame in sometimes things go south and then you, you have to recalculate, recalibrate, and, and you know, try try not to let that happen twice. <laughs> like, uh, I, what, what should we kick off with here? Like, uh, well, yeah, the, the, the well, TPK, where, the classic? Yeah, um, well, yeah, the most common one that a lot of uh, Dungeon Masters and players alike, when, when it goes off the rails or, you know, the brakes fail, or you're pumping the brakes. Whatever analogy you'd like to use, we're going to put it right here. It's the TPK. And the TPK happens because players do the darndest things. They don't listen. And, you know, maybe your clues aren't the most clear because you're trying to be subtle. So let's let's do a perfect example, okay? We're, we're going to, tidbit by tidbit, break down a very specific event that involved a particularly epic and awesome TPK. Purely unintentional. This was like there are no accusations of killer DM that can be bandied about. Okay, um, so let's set the stage. It's the last half of the 20th century, somewhere around circa 1999, and it's an all-nighter game, right at that turn of the millennium. You know, it's going to be year 2000. Oh, you know, by 2K computer viruses, all that. Now. We can banish all that from the mind, but we're sitting around the table and we're playing Return to the Keep on the Borderlands. It was a second edition module. And it basically just redid everything from the Keep of the Borderlands, like, post-20 years. So we decided to play young characters of our old PCs who had uh, retired, still active, but... Retired, know, extremely deadly. Yes. And so... In that event, in that module specifically, there is a thing called, an encounter called the Lonely Tower. Now, the instructions to the Game Master are to introduce the Lonely Tower as at first just seen in the distance, and then the next time it's encountered when you're going to the Caves of Chaos from the Keep itself. You are to describe to players that it's moved. So the first entrance into the Caves of Chaos went pretty well, and then they return back to the keep, and then the next time they're out, they notice that the Lonely Tower has moved. It wasn't in the same location it was before. So, at that point, I'll let Mike take the rest of it. Now, to give credit to the Dungeon Master where it was due, uh, he painstakingly explained... Well, yeah, the, the players decided quantity. to investigate, too. Yeah, that's where as we approached the tower, we were informed... Very clearly and repeatedly, uh, and with great enthusiasm, about the number of bones surrounding the tower. Animal bones, people bones, you know, uh, humanoid bones. Uh, just uh, lots of obvious evidence of death surrounds this single inexplicable tower that has transported itself to another location. Well, unfortunately... I was not alone in being a player who was just red hot for adventure. You know, I was 
raring to go. You know, brand new character, going to make a mark. Well, you'd already been bloodied, blooded, excuse me, in the uh, case of chaos. And you were pretty confident that, yeah, you handled those first couple encounters pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But hungry for second level. Yeah, that, uh, that enthusiasm proved to be our downfall. Now, despite his best intentions and his more than adept explanations that, like, you know, look at the bones, man, the bones, a more foul-tempered rodent you know, cannot be found. No, we did not heed any warnings. And promptly, we're marching right into this tower. We are going in there. There's something in there that's, like, you know, killing stuff, and we are going to kick its butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, of course, they open the door, and it's revealed that there's a room. They go into the room, and then they find out it's the ginormous mimic of 45 bit dice. And, of course, it kills them. But, of course, then the uh, parental units of the, some of the other characters who had uh, prepared other safeguards to their adventuring progeny then they came in and saved, resurrected, and uh, restored them. And that's a big footing attempt at Deus Ex Machina style. But it was after it was revealed, like, nobody, like who would have expected a tower to be a freaking mimic? Yeah, I, nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. I, I was just floored. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing! Uh, I didn't know they came that big. Well, this one did. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, accidental TPK. And I'm, I'm going to throw out a second one. Uh, again, not intentional, but it was a high-risk module. We were doing first edition. We were in White Plume Mountain fighting the giant crab. Uh, the boiling was, caldera. Yeah. There was a boiling lake held back by a magical bubble. The magical bubble could be damaged by area effect spells that, you know, impacted against it, or by missile weapons. And it had only a limited amount of hit points, effectively, to indicate if it was structurally sound or not. And should it reach the point of being structurally unsound, the boiling lake pours in. Well... We had very enthusiastic players, and as an XDM, I was honor-bound not to give away specific details. Some of those things are just for them to work out on their own. It is extremely unethical for an XDM to cross the line and simply go, Oh, I walk across the room, I look behind the rock, I move the lichen out of the way, uh, and that's where I find a magic ring. Uh, You know, that is extremely poor conduct for an XDM who has, you know, gone to player mode in a older module that they know well. Uh, so I, you know, did not engage in any of that. I gave away no information of any kind, and I just really enjoyed watching new players experience, you know, White Plume Mountain. Yeah, but what happened? Well, uh, the DM pointedly mentioned that there seemed to be a shimmering barrier uh, that, you know, was holding back the boiling holding lake. Back the boiling lake. Uh, but our focus was principally on the giant crab, which promptly severed uh, a fighter's arm. Um, <laughs> uh, Only a flesh wound. Yeah, you know, it, the, the fight was not going well for the party, and so missile weapons and ranged spells were being deployed. Mention was made again 
of these things impacting on the shimmering barrier that held back the boiling lake. Uh, and, well, you know, in the rush to kick that crab's butt... Uh, a gnome thief illusionist with the crappiest hit roll... Uh, hurled a javelin. That was the final hit points necessary to break the barrier. It just one javelin that missed. Uh, now, if I recall correctly, it was a javelin of lightning. No, it's just no, a, just no, a, no. It was just a standard javelin. It's a dumb old javelin, and it promptly ended seven months of campaigning. Uh, yeah, because the boiling lake collapsed, uh, the bubble collapsed, letting in all the boiling waters, killing the players fairly quickly. And oh. boiling the crab for a tasty uh, treat for yeah, Crabtis and the two Ettons, Bix and Box. Yeah, or, uh, if any of us... A treaty, excuse me. If any of us had survived, uh, it would have been a nice uh, feast. Yeah, and I know. described how, like, the dungeon was flooded with steaming, uh, scalding water, and it came out the various entrances and exits throughout the dungeon, killing all the inhabitants therein, and, of course, annoying Crabtis the Mighty, verily. <laughs> and uh, his we were wrath was assuaged by the fact that that boiled crab was delicious. Uh, yeah, we were flushed out of every you know orifice in the mountain uh, and yep. tumbled unceremoniously down the hill uh, to our doom. <laughs> Scalded, and that was the end of the campaign. We had to start over from scratch. Purely unintentional. It's you know, like nobody went into this being a killer DM. But it just all went south. Because yep. sometimes you make a judgment call. Remember what I said about that train careening off the rails, falling down and hitting a sewage treatment plant and into a gas station? That's <laughs> that exactly was what it was. One of those moments. It was a shit show. <laughs> and, you know, I just had to sit there and they were all, uh, all the players were just uh, kind of like, they were somewhat ecstatic, but then, you know, the reality hit it. Well, I. I I certainly tried to cheer them because, like, epic death! Yeah, totally at least you didn't die by a kobold. I didn't die pooping myself to death on my bed. My last breath. Exactly. These characters went out in one of the greatest modules of the early game. So, I I tried to give it a high note. And, and the poor flesh column that they got from solving the riddle that was accompanying them, carrying treasure. They named it Flap for the name of it as Bare Feet Maiden. Hitting the stone. No, it was fap. 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 Well, I went with flap, but, you know. You want to go fap? But, you know, I'm not judging. It's the sound he made walking down the hallway. Uh, That poor thing was boiled like a hot dog. You still live. Poor thing. But, yeah, so that's TPKs. And what what leads to TPKs? Well, a number of things. It can be bad player decisions. It can be just... uh, you know, it can be a tough adventure. And sometimes you got to let the dice roll where they may. So sometimes you just can't... uh, you know, protective players in the first uh, place. Uh, there were several wards, namely uh, on two characters specifically that had powerful. Uh, one was a mage, and the other one was a uh, very powerful cleric. Indeed. And uh, you know, just come there. Nothing that a rod of resurrection can't solve. And uh, you know, I don't get some use out of this thing yet. And so, yeah, everything was put back to right with minus a few attribute points and some minor scolding, but. Um, yeah, the adventure continued, and in the second one, a new campaign started. So, uh, another TPK I had was in the infamous ruins of Castle Greyhawk. They decided, um, after consulting with a certain, uh, or delving into the first few levels, they had found a treasure map leading into the fifth level. A secret entrance was found. So, they decided that 
they're going to take a dare and they're going to go down to the fifth level. Now, they're going to skip fourth level entirely, knowing this. But they're all right <laughs> with that. So they go down to the fifth level. And, of course, the fifth level leads them right into a den of armored trolls that are all under the control of an insidious uh, transmutationalist wizard. And, of course, this is his first line of defense. And uh, nobody checked for traps. They just wandered on down, thinking that the secret level would, be, of course, the secret entrance would be completely unguarded. And that's completely <laughs> natural. And so a portico seals them off. And then five armored trolls, uh, drinking potions of fire resistance, came at them. And it was, they were only like uh, fifth and sixth level. So they just got shredded. Oh, wow. Only the druids survived. They quickly uh, uh, re-rolled characters and came down for a vengeance strike. And this time, it was not, uh, it was a repeat of the same scene. Oh, no. Double TPK? Yeah, double TPK in the same session. So, I, uh, unfortunately, after that, out of kind of uh, uh, a sense of pity, I, I uh, retired from DMing that group for a while and uh, let them go over to Mike's table and I uh, reformed. I think that's the time I started Pathfinder. I'm like, done. You guys don't listen. <laughs> You know, you were told, like, this could be dangerous, you know, going to the fifth level. You know, this is not like, you know, it's not like, well, like, where the monsters have skulls over their head. Like in World of Warcraft, hey, I'm leaving Owen Forest and I'm going into the Firelands. Watch me own everything as your 20th level paladin attracts a dragon from all the way across the board that comes over to smash you personally. Uh, yeah, that is one of the hazards of traditional RPGs. Uh, when you're working with written material... And you make a decision. Or even in, homebrew. And, and you know. Generally, your players understand. But it's like, you're going through this written material. Uh, and the DM may or may not have tweaked it. But uh, not everything is your level. And yeah, even if on you that. bypass a zone entirely, like, you know, you, you skip through two or three weeks of play and, you know, zip to the hardest part, you may not be ready or equipped for it. Uh, and the DM can't absolutely control for that, but that's one of the nice things about gaming is that that possibility is there. I, right. I feel like it should be erased. So this is one where, you know, honestly, uh, I've taken my TPKs over the years. Yeah. You know, I've lost some characters, and uh, I I didn't feel especially bad about it because, you know, uh, had it not been something that was at risk, uh, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Yeah, and here's another thing, too, is a lot of games, and just not D&D or Pathfinder or any RuneQuest or Tunnels and Trolls, they all have this mechanic. It's the, you don't spot the thing. And I say the thing, capital T-H-E, capital T-H-I-N-G. The thing. Now, the thing could be anything. It could be a secret door, it could be an NPC, it could be a note, it could be, you know, a, a book, Whatever. A lot of games and scenarios depend, both homebrew and published, depend on a lot of players finding the thing. And it could be a perception roll, a spot check, it could be an investigation or a die six roll, whatever it is. It's like six of you in here and not one of you could roll better than a five. Really? <laughs> so that's where you are, internal DM voice, but external DM voice, you're just completely passive. All right, you, know, you don't seem to find anything. And uh, we move on. Nothing of and consequence so then, presents itself. 
Just like with that uh, TPK run in Castle Greyhawk, I had made a handmade note, the secret map. And on it, it said, had we been better prepared, tragedy would not have befallen us. And it was a little thing I wrote on the back of it that, you know, so-and-so is dead. And now, uh, tell us the brave has fallen and now I am alone. Hopefully this will survive so that others will know from our folly. Do drums, not drums in the deep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Congratulations, you found the Balrog. <laughs> there are worse things than orcs in the dark places of the, the world. Yeah, I'm thinking it up. So, in essence, you run into that too, where the thing is not found, and what do you do? Well, trust into your players and yourself. A bad roll sometimes happens. There are a lot of uh, bad writing, both published and homebrew, where you just... You just assume that something's going to happen. It's not that hard. So if you assume it's going to happen, I always like to assume what I call the default, which is go right to, they find the thing, but, and that but, just like uh, Mike's missing rear end, (laughs) is the stickler here, is there could be complications. Um, If it's a book or a note that has to be found. Somebody mentions it in passing later and may involve combat or other stress factors. If they miss the secret door or the trap, it springs or the secret door is uh, hinted to or alluded to in a later uh, episode or another session. Or it gets you back on uh, track. An enemy pleads for their life right. and reveals information about it. You know, Read my during, mind. Yeah, exactly. You know what well, we been DM in a long time. You know, the same the same bag of tricks is often employed. So you uh, can these are classics and also uh cutting back the secrecy level, if you really feel that it's essential, if this item or moment or idea is absolutely essential to the game moving forward, placing it somewhere that it cannot be missed, where a perception check is not required, where they do not have to search. Like it's literally it's posted on the door. There was a letter on the door, and it has been stuck in there with a dagger. Oh. <laughs> well, I always like to also refer to the Julia Child's rule. Nobody but... You just have the players yeah. roll, and whatever they roll, it works. Like, what did, what did I roll for? I don't know. I'm the hell of it. You. I ain't telling you. Well, keep your secrets, then. Keep your secrets, ODM. <laughs> and, you know, only you know what happens behind the DM screen. So, yeah, when it's truly essential, this is one of those moments that goes back to DM fudging, which is not a thing that we approve of being done willy-nilly. But, but if it moves the adventure forward, not the story per se, okay? It doesn't have to move the story forward. There are consequences for that that can be, again, just as we described, an NPC begging for their life and uh, another, uh, oh, if only we had the lost will of Kelmic the Mad. That might have solved this whole thing. Wait a minute, where was it in? Oh, it was supposed to be lost in the dungeon of uh, Forgotten Echoes. We were just in that. <laughs> All right, maybe we have to go back there. Ding. Yeah. Okay, that didn't happen to see a large that's not fudging. book on a pedestal, did you? That's good game master. <laughs> fudging is where you put it right in front of the players to the point that they feel that there was no way but to see it right in front of them. And also, you letting the story take precedent over the dice can lead you down to some dangerous paths, but we'll deal with that. Yeah, yeah, that is, a, that is another topic. But, you know, there are ways to hedge your bet 
Uh, and right. Include more than one. And we covered that in an earlier episode. Yeah, we did. You know, having, so we do walk having over a little the same backup ground. plan. We do walk over the same ground once again. But I don't want to throw out bare bit dice. Like yeah, and that's that's where I was going to go next. Thank you. Is that the dice? They're fickle. Oh, you know you cannot rely ever. on them. And you know the rules tell you when to roll the dice, but the dice tell you what the outcome is. And so you know you can't have one without the other. So sometimes the dice take you in bad places. The player fails a roll, just fails, 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 and he dies. Well, sometimes you feel sorry for him as a DM, but you know that uh, is also a mishap where just a number of times. It could have been a resolve with just one thing. Um, to pick up that dice roll again. It's called a mulligan. An example would be... Um, you've got a sealed door behind which the more relevant portions of the dungeon await. And the characters move to break open or you know, uh, bust open that door. Uh, and everybody starts rolling... And they all fail. Every single one. I just, like, wow, nobody can generate, like, you know, and this is not a hard roll. You all roll low. Not one of you can open this door. Yeah. Um, now, if they made a lot of noise doing it, you can always justify something coming out through the other side. Oh, now your door is open and you kind of wish it wasn't. But, you know, you can make them pay a price, you know. Yeah, lots of hit points and uh, spells and abilities spent overcoming it. And you're just like the Rise of the Rune Lords, where we're in that first dungeon on uh, the Parapets out there. Uh, I'm trying to remember the type, is, uh, name of it. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's dungeon. They, none of, nobody could open the door. The cleric came the closest. So they're kind of sitting there, and so an ogre comes through, and, uh, well, that's not... That's not what they intended. <laughs> and, of course, they paid the price. But the point was is that the game kept moving. And that's the thing. is like That's the way. These are mishaps, but like a bad saving series of rolls. A saving throw that just collapses the whole party into the middle of a fiery uh, chasm when they're crossing a rope bridge. You know. Oh, yeah. Terrible way to lose a PC over that one. <laughs> Sometimes you can just say, well, uh, you know, you fall to, maybe give them a second saving throw and see if they catch on the edge of the bridge, and now the rest of the players have to go rescue them. That's a good way to recover from a mishap, a bad bear, a bit dice. Well, I, I, I got to throw out a recent 5th edition example uh, Throw to the Brave. Oh, yeah. Half Orc Ranger. Uh, simple encounter, gelatinous cube. Aww. I really thought this was going to go better. You know, I mean, difficult. I figured, you know, ah, we're going to take some little hits and stuff like that, you know. Uh, several fumbles later, <laughs> I had been in... Fumbles the half-orc. Yeah, uh, fumbles the clown. Hey, kids. Uh, he had been subjected to three rounds going in and out of that gelatinous cube. Uh, I had been... You know, basically partially cooked. I mean, he was still pink in the middle, but scorched around every edge from going or, in and know, out. Kind of looked like the Joker coming out of that acid vat at Acme Chemicals. Yeah, it, it was not a pretty picture. So, this was just dice-based cruelty. I had so many Dice-based cruelty. That uh, Write that one down. We're putting is, <laughs> dice-based cruelty. Yeah, this was not the DM being harsh. I critically fumbled 
again and again mm, and again. Mm. Uh, that was a pure moment of bare bit dice, but <laughs> uh, apparently the, the going joke was that uh, he tried to wrestle it into simply, I'm going for a submission. Dude, it's a gelatinous cube. Just try to hit it with the sword. It dissolves flesh. <laughs> just did, yeah. did not my best day at the table. Um, but yeah, that's mishaps. Now we that are more, but that are more dice based cruelty. I like that. So, um, you know, the other part that is a mishap is your players and players, and just like in the first example, they do the darndest things, and sometimes that's yeah. what makes the game fun, is because you don't know what they're going to do, and you really can't plan for it. So but there's also a slightly more malevolent aspect to this. Once in a while, it hasn't yeah, happened Yeah, it's lot. called the Tabletop Terrorist, where they hold the entire game hostage until their demands are met. Oh, yes. And we've had our share of those over the years. And, uh, well, other than a sound drubbing with empty bo- uh, bottles uh, and the march of foresiders, <laughs> barefoot, of course. Yes, the walk of a thousand foresiders, the walk of shame and pain. <laughs> you will know by your fear of the night. Um, while being beaten with uh, empty two liters. Yeah. Uh, Run the gauntlet of empty two liters. Uh, yeah. it. It. This is almost a subject for other time, but there are personalities out there that exist. If they're not having their needs or getting their way, they will throw a tantrum. Now, of course, we're dealing with people, uh, gamers, which means that it's a lot more subtle than you think. It's not so much like, well, they're just going to start throwing dice or table flipping. Maybe they do that. But then that problem solves itself. They get out and everybody cleans up and they're never invited back again. This is a person who may be a good friend and they're just having an off day or other problems that uh, they brung to the table are now starting to manifest themselves in inappropriate ways. I've done this, okay? And I'm, I'm just going to come clean. I'm going to come clean. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of bad days. Thank you for putting up with them, by the way. You're not oh. the person I was referring to, but... No, but I empathize, you know. Oh. I, I, I understand. Look, And I, I look back now and I see the behavior of some other people. Some of it was a little more grandstanding. Uh, I once got frustrated over a module that had, like, a choke point where mm-hmm. there was only one path left available to you other than glorious, you know, death in combat. Uh, and it was meant to funnel the characters into the next phase of the story. Oh, sure. And I thought it was just a really... You felt it was egregious and you just didn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I felt that it was a cheap shot. And uh, so I was like, no, I'm staying up here. You know, like, right. I'm going down fighting. Like, dude, they're... The, the port, it, the portal is right there. It's right, right over there. Everybody's going into the portal and going for cover, and they may find a way to escape this. What? And miss out on glorious death in battle? What are you crazy? So the uh, best way is yeah. just, when you do when you encounter situations like that is just stop the game and have a talk. It's much better than to get a hurt feelings and to ruin a campaign. But at the yeah. same time. It may also lead you to the point where you have to have not only a serious talk with your table, but a specific player. And sometimes, uh, I remember one, uh, we had a guy that was playing an assassin, and he was uh, dick mad about something else going on at the table. Somebody had uh, gotten him a little rattled. Anyway, ruffled feathers, and he decides he's going to go out in the town. We were playing the slave wars, and he's going to go out in safety and kill the first person he saw. Because he's an assassin, that's what he can do. 
to take out his vengeance on. And Mike was DMing at the time, and I always look back at this as a great moment of DMing. Um, he said, okay, you go down and you, you don't find anybody at first, but finally you go down a dark alley and you see a wretched old man in um, stained clothes leaning on a staff, and he greets you. I attack him. Bahamut the Platinum Dragon stands before you. <laughs> now that was the big footing, but then he took him, come here. We're going to go upstairs. Come here, Shorty. We're going to have a talk. <laughs> and Mike wasn't having his smile face on. He was dead serious. Oh, yeah. They're just just a little conversation about, like, look, there will be plenty of opportunities for combat, glory, gold, and other things. Uh, but having the player characters chased out of town for a, you know, random homicide just going to trash everybody's day. Uh, not the way to go. And, you know, good friends can hash these things out. Uh, I, I have seen some. The, the other would be the person who must touch whatever it is that they should not touch. Look at the shiny red button. And they can't help themselves. They gotta touch it. Next thing you know, I mean... The ceiling falls in and the... Oh. Ten levels above the dungeon all collapse in on each other. You hear them coming down in succession, getting louder and louder. And bam. Yeah, ears. What? Like a pancake. Yeah. Uh, and no save? You you have a player in your group that is the one who just cannot stop themselves. I mean, it's almost... It, at this point, it's a tragic attention-grabbing device that, like, I'm the one who screws everything up. You know, you can restrain that impulse just a little. And this is why Kender are still forbidden at our table for the most part. Oh, yeah. I, unless we do an authentic Dragonlance rehash. Uh, you know, no Kender. Well, there's only one person who's allowed to play Kender. Because they at least have some internal limit. <laughs> they have some restraints. But all right, with that, I think we've covered some basic mishaps. If you think of any, or you have any of your own to share with us, well, hey, let us know. You can use the Anchor app, download it on your phone or on your computer, send us a message, and of course, we'll play it, and we'll talk about it, and hopefully, we'll all have something more to share later on for another episode. And of course, if you have something to say or comment, because you should, about how we do things here at the Dice of Screaming Podcast, if you, you can let us know on our Facebook page. Ah, Yes. Uh, Dice are screaming Facebook page or Twitter. Yeah, I am yeah. I'm seeing. I'm starting to see that uh, people aren't really using Twitter for what I I at first got into it for, and I've been getting a little uh, hesitant to open my direct messages lately due to uh, something we said a while ago to a certain someone who shall not be named. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you have some good stuff, get a hold of me on Twitter, Death Hand Gaming, and. Oh, myself at Magi Box. Yeah, let us know you're out there, and uh, we'll get back to you. And, of course, bring you up on the page, which reminds me, we got to uh, do some shout-outs to some people next session. So, I'll be looking on that on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, we've got some terrific holiday shout-outs. Uh, we'll be looking back on the, the year that has passed. Yeah, uh, that'll be coming up shortly. But, uh, as well, uh, the holiday season is upon us. So, we hope you're all having a pleasant one, and uh, we look forward to many more. Happy season spent with you guys here at the Dice of Screaming Podcast. And hope you have the best season you can. We'll be doing this uh, at the end. So, season's greetings to you all and happy holidays. But we're going to sign out. So, may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor.
We're out. See ya. Thank you.